This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> we all have challenges from which to learn and grow. We all experience painful endings so that new beginnings can occur. We all overcome fears so we can become masters of our own destiny. And we all heal, release, and surrender to make room for the new to enter. This is the process which enables us to align and lead. We must become individuals fully aware of our interconnectedness, potential, and power. Valeria Telles interviews Claire Attio a female empowerment coach and shamanic practitioner and speaker. Claire Attio's motivation is to inspire and guide women to create realistic, actionable solutions to life's problems and challenges. She supports women globally to reacquaint themselves with their true essence, realign and rebalance their energies to become unstoppable in their passions, goals, and life desires. As a certified life coach, Reiki master, shamanic practitioner, EFT, inner child, and Ho'oponopono practitioner, she has many tools with which to assist. Spiritually based, she may be, but gentle persistence is a strength, a power, and a much underestimated force. Claire believes that once women step into their goddess self, unapologetically en masse, the world will once again restore to balance. Her mission is to work with women, mostly lightworks and empaths, to gain confidence and embrace their gifts so collectively they can awaken humanity from its sleeping state. Meet Claire at ClaireAtio.com. Here is the interview with Claire Attio. In your own words, who is Claire Attio? I'm an ordinary woman that is walking a spiritual path and living my life on purpose. And whilst doing so, bringing light or working towards bringing greater light towards the planet and humanity and helping others to kind of walk in that same footsteps. I have a question. You just mentioned purpose, living on purpose. How did you find your purpose? Oh, through lots of what I always call tower moments. It's been a, it, it started as a, a healing process. I'd had a lot of disastrous relationships. I was running codependency within relationships, even though I was a very independent, capable woman within every other aspect of my life. When I entered into a romantic relationship, I handed myself over 
And obviously, because I wasn't honouring myself, each one of them was disastrous and it escalated. Um, it was my lessons. And my stepping onto the spiritual path started with healing, healing my hurts, my wounds, my sorrows, my woes, um, my poor me's, why me's. And it was through that healing that I opened up to my own divinity and spirituality. Things, my spirituality had always been there. Things had always been happening all the way through my life, even in childhood. I have memories of occurrences of seeing spirit, talking spirit, being, feeling different from everybody else. But I didn't really open up to it fully until I started stepping onto, when I stepped onto that healing journey that led me onto my spiritual pathway. And that's interesting the way you say that, because that's how it usually happens. We lose ourselves in that sense, which seems to happen at a very early age, the feeling of separation, right, Claire? Mm -hmm. That we are not yeah. connected to wholeness, to what life really is. And then we just try to find ourselves again, and we keep losing ourselves or getting ourselves in trouble, <laughs> was my case too. And then we just find uh, healing, and then from healing spirituality, and then we go back, return to wholeness. Or maybe we cannot return to wholeness because we never left that space. So that's kind of an interesting paradox, right? Yeah, it's a reconnection more so than a returning. I think society is structured in such a way, this is my belief, that society is in, structure in such a way it actually takes us away from ourselves. It tries to compartmentalize who we are. So we're, we're told from a very young age, we're either girl or boy, and what the expectations of that are. Then when we start school and college, we have other expectations. And then obviously when we go into adult life, there's still further expectations. And in all of that process, we're not encouraged to actually tap into our own unique creativity, our own source of being. Talk to me for a moment about empath and highly sensitive people. There's the same kind of personality traits or way of being, or they're different? There, you know, there are, there are similarities. Um, I mean, the list is enormous, but it's basically empath for me even though there are a list of traits, you're able to not only feel into the energies of yourself, but you feel into the energies of other people. And you can, when you're unaware that you're an empath, absorb those and make those your own without actually realizing it, which is why a lot of empaths really struggle before they fully understand their capabilities. Because their physical body their, their, and their energetic body is full of 20, 30, 40 different people. And so there's confusion there as to what's them and what's not. Um, and it can cause untold sorrows and it's kind of send you to down dead ends and, and you wonder why me, why me, what's happening? 
and it's really quite you you can be it's almost like you have kind of a personality disorder because one minute you're happy the next minute you're sad because you are taking on the energies of other people so if you're walking down a street one you know one person can be really really happy you feel that you absorb that so your your energy's soar and then you walk past another person and they're going through a really difficult challenging time in life and their energy levels are really really low so then yours completely depleted as well you you mirror them you mirror people and their energy their frequencies and and until you actually understand yourself and how to how to regulate that how to put boundaries in place so that doesn't actually happen um being an empath is an absolute gift but not before you actually learn that you are empath and you learn those boundaries it can it can, it can be quite quite challenging let's put it that way <laughs> is everything energy clear absolutely everything yes right yeah it's, it, my belief is yes um and science is slowly really coming to terms with that now um einstein wrote about it many, many years ago, but it's only within the last 20, 30 years that the scientists have really started to take a hold of that now and really start to to understand it in a much more complex way. Right. That really resonates to me that everything is unlimited energy, infinite, unruled, which means it can do anything, right? Become anything and transform into anything. It kind of surprised me that we, because we are energy and we become so solid when it comes to personality. So it kind of makes sense um, when you say that empath, they take on energies of their surroundings and other people. That sounds natural to me <laughs> in a way to be open and sensitive enough to just flow with life and kind of become the moment, not actually be in the moment, but become the moment. So in that sense, it kind of um, trying to control that, which is not controlling, right, Claire? It's, it's, not... It, it's, it's not about the controlling and it's it's not about... The, the thing is with empaths is it goes far deeper than that because you can walk past somebody and they have a terminal illness or they're in pain and you actually feel that and you can actually take on. So if somebody has arthritis in their hip, for instance, you can actually take that on and start limping you actually feel it. You have that pain. So it goes much, much deeper than just taking on their energies. You can actually start to take on people's symptoms as well, which is where it starts to get complex and challenging. Is that something that is at the level of the mind, uh, emotions at the psychological level, or this is the body, the physical body take on this, this energy unconsciously? Just I actually think neither. I think it's at a soul level. Oh, there's a different level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I take it. I, I, my belief and my understanding is that it's a soul level. Empaths are souls that have had many, many lives and undergone many, many learnings. And when they reincarnate into this physical world again, they actually bring those learnings, that knowledge, that understanding with them, so that they can actually assist humanity. Is that something that can be experienced, Claire, or is just a, is, becomes a belief system, a knowing, a trust type of thing? It's it's an inner trust. It's it, you know there's there've been so many times where I have picked up 
information I have picked up, diagnosis, I have, I mean, obviously we're not medical. We don't treat it as a medical ability in any way, shape or form. We don't give medical advice. But I have been with clients and I have been able to feel into their energies and I've actually not had any history from them. And I've said to them, look, this is what I'm feeling. Can you take that? Does that make sense? And they will say, yes, absolutely. Mm. Is it something we, is measurable at the moment? In mainstream science, no. If you believe some of the articles that come out about some of the studies that the CIA are doing and have been doing since the 60s um, with telepathy and psychic information, um, then I'm sure there is proof, there is science mm research studies that show this but in mainstream no we don't have that yet it also resonates to me it's very clear at the intellectual level that once we merge back or reconnect as you said earlier to the wholeness to life itself then everything is possible yeah because now we are back to being life itself we are not just a concept we are not identifying well, we with the personality yeah yeah, we're, we're, we're infinite beings. Everything on this planet, humanity included, is a sentient being. Mm. And I think this is what we need to get back to is that reciprocal energy. If we take, we need to give. And, and, and a lot of the issues that are going on in the world and a lot of the, the challenges that humanity are experiencing at the moment are, have been we have created them because we have not had the respect for the planet yeah. and the, the fact that the planet is a sentient being. So once we go back to wholeness or reconnect, then it's so much easier to see that and to live in such a way because everything's connected. We're not disconnected. It then has been always the case, right, Claire? But we are unconscious about it. Ah, we have not realized that. It's not even an intellectual understanding. We can understand it uh, at the uh, the rational level, but it's a realization, isn't it? A recognition of that. Well, I think the, the, the biggest issue was, if you look back through history, you had the indigenous tribes that understood this. They understood this, this equilibrium that was needed. But of course, as we moved into the modern age, as we moved into the technical, technolo- technical age um, and in the, in the industrial age, we decided to go down the path of science needed to be research-based. It needed to be provable. And anything that couldn't be proven was kind of rested on the shelf. It was never explored anymore. And it was it was belittled in a lot of ways. Uh, and yet we continue through. It, every single culture has old wives' tales, you know, information that's passed down from generation to generation. And but the problem is, is because it wasn't, it wasn't promoted. It was actually, it was actually repressed in a lot of countries and within a lot of religions. The reasoning mm, yeah. of that information was lost. Yeah, so we definitely lost touch with intuition, with the invisible world, and then it became very rational. If I can't see it, then it's not real. 
Yeah, that's interesting because I see the human being as real and unreal at the same time. That's what we are. But most of us don't realize that. And yet it's it's one of those it's one of those situations. I, I it, because yeah, that's absolutely that is how we evolve. That is a culture we live in. If we can't see it, it's not real. And yet we have all come from one original religion or another where we're to believe in a God that we can't see. Mm, right. <laughs> yes, some of us have not actually. Interesting. I talked to some people who have been brought up as agnostic or atheists. Yeah, they don't really have any concepts or ideas about the invisible world. Yeah, so so they're at their natural preset as we're all born. We're all born with that natural preset. It's the programs that are actually delivered to us throughout life that changes that. You wrote the book, Aligned Leaders. They'll be released on October 8th. So talk to me about the main inspiration and intention of writing your book, Claire. Okay, the... Like many, many people, there's I've had I've made attempts on several books. I've got a, I've got a couple on the go now that I haven't actually completed yet. Yeah. This book, Aligned Leaders, just sung to me. It was and for the one reason it his title was the whole title is is called Aligned Leaders, but then it's called Sage Wisdoms from Women Who Choose Their Soul Mission Over Societal Expectations. And as soon as I heard that, I knew I had to be part of it. Um, it's a it's a multi author book, um, and I just knew that I needed my voice within that because that is the type of work that I'm actually working with, the type of women that I work with, the type of women that I help and I assist, um, so that they can step away from those societal expectations and actually become introspective and look into what they want from their lives. And speaking of that, so you are a female empowerment coach and shamanic practitioner. So talk to me about shamanic healing work. How does it work, Claire? How did you discover it and how does it work? Well, for me, my my shamanism came back into when I was doing lots of other modalities, and I had I had two clients in particular that it was the modalities that I was using were proving extremely difficult. We weren't able to shift them through the blocks, and I meditated on it and I connected with my guides. And what was given to me was soul retrieval, and I'd never heard of it before. So I started looking up, looking, you know, I go, as as we all do when we don't know something, we Google it, um, and it came up as a, as a shamanic modality, and that is what inspired me to kind of walk the shamanic path then, because I needed to, and and the belief between the, of the 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 soul retrieval is that when we undergo in in traditional shamanic and indigenous cultures, what would happen is if a person underwent a trauma within 48 hours, they would perform this ceremony to reinvite the soul. Because what happens is in the trauma, the, the, the soul is like, whoa, I can't cope with this. And it kind of takes itself off. And so you perform this ceremony to invite that part of the soul that, that took itself out of this traumatic situation because it couldn't cope with it back in to the body. 
I have interviewed some guests about that. That was new to me back then. That's such an interesting idea. And it's 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 very how many times have you heard somebody say, I don't feel whole? Yeah, right, right. I used to say that. And very often it's because these aspects, these traumas, and it doesn't have to be trauma as we think of it in in as in a, a massive car accident or b- abuse traumas is a perception of a person's within their own psychology of what's going on mm-hmm. so a, a a child can be traumatized just by having a telling off from their mother but if they're mm. super sensitive that will be traumatic for them that's another interesting perspective on that so we are actually traumatizing our own selves in a way by the perceptions we have about the world ourselves others and the world in life itself Absolutely. When we have a an emotional reaction to any given situation, that emotion that we feel lasts for 90 seconds, no more. Everything else comes from our own psyche. Mm. We wow. create a story, a scenario that mm. it's a snowball effect. Wow, Claire, that is so true. <laughs> I have to say like a thousand times to that. <laughs> I'm thinking here about all the times that I have uh, perceived the world through my own uh, psychological lens. And that was exactly the case, the storytelling. Is that possible to drop that, the storytelling, and live, navigate this reality uh, like a tree, you know, as natural as possible, just being I mean, we still do, but but more the foundation being the being. Is that possible? Absolutely, yes. It's it, but it takes commitment. It takes perseverance. It it takes the commitment because when you start a healing journey, it's not yes, okay. You you, you know, if you're in your thirties and your forties and you've accumulated traumas from divorce or from you know, family members passing and the life occurrences, as it were, those bigger aspects, you you heal predominantly and clear those. But once you start a healing journey, you never stop because there's always you, there's always something else. There's always what I always call tentacles of an octopus that kind of filter out. And even though you take the main body, you still have those tentacles and you have the layers as well. So you, you can take it to greater depths. So that's interesting the way you're saying that basically being takes actually doing. So it takes work, it takes effort, practices. And then the healing journey has no end either. It's an ongoing process, going deeper and deeper. So I wonder what is to be free? Can we ever be free in a human body? Free from practices? Yeah, I believe so. I believe, again, it comes down to perception. What is free? What 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 is free for you will be very different from what is free for me. Yeah, what is freedom to you? What would that be? Freedom for me is to have, is to feel that I am able to direct my life. I have the ability to follow my passions, my purpose, that I am able to be of service without constraint. 
And as I said, freedom for everybody will look very different because depending on their circumstances, depending on their culture and their social standing and the, the, the type of life that they've had thus far, because you ask somebody that has nothing what freedom would look like for them will be very different from somebody who has had everything. I love what you wrote. I think one of the articles you sent me, you said, uh, I believe that once women step into their godness self unapologetically, en masse, the world will once again restore to balance. This is a very interesting statement. So I wonder if the world of this reality was balanced. Did that occur in history at some point, Claire? It's in, it, 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 it's interesting, isn't it? Because I've been meditating on this a huge amount because there's been so much information coming in for me. And I believe so, yes. I believe that, um, and even when you go back to the Adam and Eve story, Eve gets blamed for tempting Adam. And it was it, it, it's interesting because I've always kind of thought, okay, so why have women been depicted as the, the 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 corporate basically, and the information that I've been getting through from the meditations that I'm actually doing is um, one thing that that came out, and I'm still doing some research on it. Was that it it was very much to do with the love and the inability, love and attachment. And this is what I've been getting, and I've, I've, I'm, I'm still doing more research and I'm still doing more meditation, but it was that having that deep, deep love and then being not being able to let go when it was time to let go. And so that attachment created an imbalance. That resonates. But the feminine aspect is not a, a domain of, the, uh, of only the female uh, let's say body biology. It's also we have everything, right? Clearly, we have the uh, the divine masculine and feminine. Exactly. Yes. So it's kind of creating that balance within ourselves that will create the balance outside of ourselves. What my intention from that statement is that women have always been the doers more so, and men have kind of followed. If you if you look again, look at the story of, of Adam and Eve. It was it was. It was, you know, Eve that gave him the apple and told him to bite and he bit. So it's, and if women actually rebalance themselves where they are both masculine and feminine, that will actually draw the masculine back down. What If you, if you, if you look at it, it's a, if you imagine it's in a line, so at one end you have the feminine, at the other end you have the masculine, and then in the middle, you have the divine feminine and the divine masculine together. And what we need to do is to get women to really step in and take ownership of their femininity and to take ownership of their masculinity, where they can be assertive, where they can actually say what they need, where they're not being subservient. That, that will keep bringing them down into that center balance point. And what will happen is men will mirror them and also join us. 
In your book, you said something that caught my attention Yeah, on self-love. You say, my journey has been focused on the search for love. At first, I thought it was as simple as seeking the perfect partner, then learning to love unconditionally. When that failed and I still felt unfulfilled, I finally turned my attention to learning and practicing self-love. So talk to me about the power of accepting and loving ourselves. It's unprecedented. It's absolutely unprecedented. It has, it has opened me to so many, so many more exterior experiences, but interiorly, it's opened me to dreams, hopes, wishes, desires that I'd, I'd forgotten them. I childhood memories come up. Uh, it's it's almost like a bucket list. Yeah. I mean, it sounds <laughs> yeah. ridiculous, but that's, it's almost like a bucket list. It's kind of got put away, put in the drawer, and forgotten. And then True. all of a sudden, as soon as you start really stepping mm. into practicing self love, it's like it all comes out again, and you're like, wow! And it's such a wonderful, magical playground. And yeah. The, the biggest learning for me was is the moment I stepped into loving myself, respecting myself, honoring myself, having that self-worth, having that self-value. Instantly, the people around me, their whole attitude was completely different. I no longer had to ask for things. People would just come forward with them because I was giving that energy of this is these are my boundaries. And whether people realize what's going on on a, a conscious or a subconscious level, what, what it's actually doing is you're giving off a very different frequency, a very different energy. And again, people will match that. They'll say, oh, I'm not going to get away with that behavior anymore. So I need to, to change. Wow, it's a challenge for us to really embody that, right? Because of fear, isn't it, Claire? Exactly. How we're going to perceive, be perceived, um, what it's actually going to mean. A lot of women are yeah. really scared that it's going to change them. It's going to take away that compassion, that loving, that nurturing, which right. is innately the, the, the divine feminine traits. Mm. Mm. Um, it doesn't change that at all. In fact, what it actually does is increase it because you're not giving from a half empty cup. Right. You're giving the overflow. You fill yourself up first and then you give the excess unconditionally mm. and and that's beautiful because how many times I know in the past that I did it and I guarantee that there isn't a single person on this planet that hasn't has given or done something for somebody else but then they're kind of like oh really have I got to do that it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's that yeah. grudge that 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 not really wanting to do it, but feeling that you have to do it. But yeah. when you fill yourself up, when you make you the priority first, you that goes away. And you you are much, because you don't have a sense of lack, you don't feel you have to hold on to anything. So you can give freely, continuously, because you're giving the excess of you. Mm, yes, you're flowing now flowing yeah it's it's beautiful it's it's so you don't change as a woman you don't change you don't lose anything in fact you gain you gain so much 
Yeah, enough to give. Yeah, to to continuously give. To continuously give. Yeah,、uh, I agree a, a billion percent. Obviously, this is something that to me it's sacred.、Um, that self love, but without, in a way, without the self, like if we are able to merge back to life itself, then that love naturally arises. For oneself, for the body itself, and then yeah, for life and everything in it, it's just this really wonderful kind of happening. <laughs> it is, yes. When it really authentically happens, and I love the way you say in your book,、um, the passage in your book says, "I have become a ballerina within the harmonic symphony of love. I am both the being and the doing." And it is magical. Magical, it is. <laughs> Speaking of energy and all these,、uh, yeah, it is magic. Yeah. yeah, it's it's beautiful. It is clear. I love that. Thank you for being you. <laughs> yeah, for doing the work and sharing you to, with the world, with us, this inspiration. We need the reminder too. It's interesting. We need to be reminded. It, that's、uh, yeah. It's yeah because it's not just me. It's everyone on this planet that has that capacity. And we do. We just we need to、uh, be activated. <laughs> we need the、exactly. activation. <laughs> so we're almost at the end, and I have so many other questions for you.、Um, another topic I would love to talk to you briefly about it's the concept of love and above that、uh, you speak. About in in your website, and、mm-hmm. also the frequency of love. So you have been talking about that、uh, frequency of love, but talk to me about the love in above. Okay, so within the awakening community, the spiritual community, everybody talks about love in above.、Um, and what I've actually what I've done is it, one. It's one. It's a beautiful frequency to be at. It, it it stems from the the levels of consciousness that、um, Dr. David Hawkins、um, studied and wrote about in in much detail,、um, mapping the human consciousness and basically kind of following on from from Carl Jung, the connection between the mind, body, and soul. You know our spirituality, our, us being spiritual beings, and how that actually kind of manifests itself. That's a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> yes, yeah. Within the physical realm, and what I wanted to look at was that foundation、um, of the frequencies where we're at. Where are your frequencies at? Because I found, I know, I found in my own life that. When I hadn't done the healing, when I was running all these programs that were keeping me in a sense of lack, in a sense of fear,、uh, life was difficult. Life was—it was very precarious. One minute I was up, the next minute I was down, and I wanted to because having now kind of ascended that scale and, and got my vibrations higher, apart from the spiritual aspects, which is a whole other subject.、Um, Because we're moving dimensions as well, but I just wanted to look at, at the the physicalities of it. And obviously, the higher your vibration, the greater foundation you have to actually build your life.、Um, and as I was looking at this, and, and anybody who is aware, and you can actually go and look at this, you know, the, the, any the the drawing, the map of the 
consciousness. It's called the Amiga Consciousness Scale. And it's actually drawn in a cone-shaped triangle, uh, a downward-pointing triangle. So the higher your frequency, the, the emotion that you are able to sustain most naturally the majority of the time, obviously we all fluctuate, will be your basis, will be your platform for actually constructing your life on. And hence, that's why we strive for love and above, so that we have that bigger platform, so we're able to sustain life in a way that flows and is productive and is positive for everybody that is within our circles. I remember thinking about the, the idea of freedom and liberation that doesn't require practices, but the physical body requires so many practices, eating, brushing the teeth, uh, shower. So that would make sense that to raise vibration, to sustain vibration, um, it takes practices. Yeah, it does. It, it takes, it, and again, it takes commitment. It takes commitment to say, okay, this is where I'm at. That's where I want to go. And how am I going to get there? It's it's like it, it's it's the emotional body's gym. The same as everybody's accustomed now to to thinking about you know the brain gym, you know, with their psychology and and moving themselves. This is the emotional equivalent that that's that's emotionally take ourselves to the gym and really tweak what needs to be tweaked so that we can have a rich and fulfilling life because there is no lack. It's just our perception of lack. It's the way we're viewing the world, the way we've been taught to view the world. Mm. Yeah, so it's the practice of unlearning, uh, deprogramming, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is, uh, yeah, wow, it is a challenging one <laughs> to do. It's almost an impossible one to do. But yeah, the commitment part that really uh, makes a huge difference once we commit to that with no doubts and that changes everything yeah yeah and it's it's commitment to self again it comes back to that self-love so it's all tied in together because with self-love we start looking at our diet we start looking at what we're actually what we consume whether we're consuming alcohol whether we smoke everything when you start bringing in that self-love you will start to look at absolutely every aspect of your life. So true. And it seems to be like a practice for the rest of our existence, right, in the human body. It's, um, there's no ending, there's no end for that practice, that exercise. Which, which makes it sound really awful, but it's, it's, it's the most beautiful. It's like eating. Once you actually get <laughs> used to it, it's like getting up and having breakfast. It's like I get up in the morning and I do my mantra and... I, I do. I actually do a meditation in the shower. I do, you know, very often my day is structured in such a way I don't have time to sit and meditate for an hour. So I will meditate in the shower. When you're doing, there, there are many ways, but it becomes it becomes a habit, but a habit that serves me. I do have a few more questions for you, but before I ask them those ending questions, something caught my attention. You you spoke of twelve chakras. Instead of um, seven, right? It's the, the number that we are used to here. So talk to me about that. Okay, well, the, the 12 chakra system is not something new um, in the spiritual world. Uh, many people know about the seven because yoga has uh, um, has become, a, it's, it's mainstream. 
So, uh, and within in yoga, most yogas use the seven chakras, which is why most people are familiar with those. The seven chakras all live within the physical body. The 12 chakra system takes into account the, the psychic body and the spiritual body, which are two different, two different. So we have these aspects of us, of ourselves. So we always say the mind, body and soul. And these encapsulate that. So we have that we, we know of at the moment. I believe there are more. But I haven't yet. I haven't yet been shown what they are. But we have one that people will be familiar with and don't actually think of as a chakra. Is we have the earth chakra that sits under our feet. Um, many people who who practice yoga and practice meditation understand the need for for grounding themselves. And and so we have the earth star chakra, uh, which is the ninth chakra that sits thirty centimeters below our feet. We also have um, a universal heart that sits above the crown and a soul star and this delegate way, but all that sit above the, the head. And it's, it's a steady gateway chakra that we actually build a bridge to divine, to a source. And what we actually do is, and every time we meditate, we lay another fiber of that bridge. So if you think about when you're building muscle, you're building the fibers of that muscle. Every time you meditate, you're laying another layer, a, a fibrous layer to divine, which is absolutely beautiful because obviously the stronger your bridge, the more information you can receive. It can the more information can pass over that bridge. So, and then we have now this is the one that is always contentious because some people say it's out of us. I believe it's in us, but we have the cosmic heart chakra that sits in between the throat chakra. My belief is it sits in between the throat chakra and the heart chakra. So on that breastplate, and that is our connection that is our collective connection to each other to the cosmos and and that is where we really expand the love experience of the i am we are talk to me for a moment about your services uh claire i know you're a coach reiki uh, the retreats i love the retreats though too yeah talk to me about them <laughs> so many things on the go it sounds yeah. no it's yes i give the option for people i do do do, do reiki um and chakra balancing through the reiki um it's it what i like to do i mean some people just say okay i want a reiki session and so i've given them the option within the system so they can just book a, a, a reiki session but what i found i needed and what one of the things that I wanted to bring into my own practice was when I was gone, my healing journey, I was very much aware that I also needed coaching. But the problem was there was not a program that incorporated the two. And I was, because I was in such a bad way, obviously I had that sense of lack. So I was bringing more lack into my life. So I never had the financial capability to pay for healing and for coaching. Um so what I wanted to do was create programs that incorporated the two. So I offer healing modalities separately within the clinic, but I also offer three packages of th three program packages and 
The first one is one-on-one coaching, which includes healing. The second one is a four-day intensive course. Um, can either be taken online or as a retreat when when the retreats, when COVID permits us. And the third one is the academy where people can go in as in when they have time. And so I offer those and each of those, all those three packages include coaching and healing because that was something that was desperately important to me as I said you know when you when you feel that lack you attract more lack so it's a it, it's a, it ends up being that that vicious karmic cycle that it's very difficult to kind of break free from do you offer services online one-on-one in person and online right Claire? Okay, that's great to know. And where can we find more information about you, your services, your books, products, and future projects? Right. Everything is on the website, claireatio.com. Or if you prefer, if you want to just kind of check in and see what I'm up to, because I do do um, webinars and live talks, and I'm doing a collaboration with a, with a, a fellow spiritual warrior at the moment. You can find us, me on Facebook and the groups are from that and that's claireatio.athena. And obviously I've got Instagram, which is the same, claireatio.athena. Thank you so much, Claire. And before we say goodbye, I have a, my last question to you, the final question. I had so many of them actually, but I'll ask you one. What is another word for life? Another word for life? Blessing. Thank you so much again for your presence, for your wisdom, timeless wisdom, the work you do, how you do it, and everything in between that could be felt. Thank you, Claire. Thank you. Take good care. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Claire Attio and her work, please visit claireattio.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.